good day and welcome to What's Happening MoCo, a podcast from your award-winning government television station, County Cable Montgomery. Now, here's your host, Derek Kenny. What's Happening MoCo, I'm your host, Derek Kenny, and today we'll be have the pleasure of talking to Doug Numbers. He's a senior investigator with the Office of Co- Consumer Protection and he'll be telling us how residents can protect themselves while hiring movers, locksmiths, and what to do if they are towed in Montgomery County, Maryland. Doug, how are you today, sir? Great. How are you doing, Derek? Good to see you. It's great seeing you too, Doug, and thank you for joining us today. Now, what is it that you do with the Office of Consumer Protection? I know your title is Senior Investigator, but what is it that you do? Well, basically... um, you know, I investigate complaints when we receive them, you know, involving various, you know, consumer merchant transactions. I deal mainly with, I deal with moving, I deal with automotive repair, towing. Um, I also deal with, we have a program with the sheriffs that when a business gets evicted and it may potentially have records or, you know, with people's personal information or people's things inside say we we do a lot of dry cleaners um but i've done automotive repair shops as well um basically and we try to keep the stuff from getting pitched into a dumpster you know we work with the property owner and the sheriffs and we try to you know notify people hey you know come get your car come get your clothes or like recently we did a you know, doctor's office unfortunately they left some records behind we had to take custody of those and we're going to work to try to see what we can do to you know, get those back to people or make sure they're disposed of property and not just thrown into a dumpster where somebody's personal information could be exposed. So, and as part of as being an investigator is enforcing the county consumer protection law. So we also, um, we license for automotive repair shops, tow companies, and some other stuff. And I deal with, I deal with that. Um, if shops aren't licensed, I get them, you know, go out and visit them, make sure they get licensed. And if they don't, we can issue fines. So I do a lot of, you know, different things for the office. <laughs> wow. Incredible. Incredible. Now, recently we were talking, you know, in, in preparation for this, and you mentioned to me that there's a dynamic that's happened to the residents of Montgomery County where they've had unpleasant experiences, to say the least, when moving. And there's different types of move. Let's talk about moving. Moving seems so okay. simple. You bought a new house. You may have sold your old house. You're moving from one location to another. You're happy. It's a good time. Why are some people having issues? Well, there's, you know, unfortunately, there's, you know, as with any industry, there are, you know, unscrupulous people <laughs> at all. And, you know, you, you're putting all your personal belongings onto a truck and you're trusting somebody to get it to your new house that could be, you know, down the road or could be in, you know, across the country. Um, and so you have to you have to be careful and you have to do your homework. Um, let's talk about, let's, let's, the easiest way is let's talk about this from, there's two types of moves. There is what's known as intrastate moves, which is a move in Maryland. In other words, you're moving from Rockville to Gaithersburg or, you know, Rockville to Baltimore. You're moving within the state. And the other type of move is what's known as an interstate move. So you're moving from Maryland, you know, say Rockville, Maryland to, you know, Los Angeles, California, you're moving across the country. That's what's known as a interstate move. You're moving 
interstate, and they're both regulated differently. Okay. Now, so, so what does that mean for, for residents? So for residents, and we're moving from, say, Rockville to Tacoma Park, what what is it that can happen, um, or what is it that governs us? And you also have some literature that we can share as well. Well, basically, on our website, actually, I shared some literature. That's mostly on the federal level, okay. and all that that information that I shared with you, the two brochures. Now, it can help you on a local move too. This information is good for people to understand on a local move as well. Um, you know, I'll get to like the two different ones. The the one is called you know, uh, protect your move. Mm -hmm. And all that brochure is actually required on interstate moves. It is actually required for the mover to give that you a copy of that. It is required by federal law and it is a violation of federal law for them not to give you a copy of that. And we consider it, it's your rights and responsibilities when you move. And we've actually taken action against movers for failing to give that to people on interstate moves. And it has a lot of good information and explains, you know, the estimates, the different types of estimates you get, you know, what's a bill of lading, what's the liability on your mover. You know, it goes through a lot of the details that, you know, people, you know, may not understand about moving, that there's a lot more details involved than they expect instead of just going here. A couple guys show up and load their stuff on a truck and take it to Tacoma Park. So... But in Maryland, there's the Maryland Household Goods Movers Act that was passed, um, I think, in 2002, exactly. But it's been on the books for a number of years. And the Maryland Household Goods Movers Act protects consumers in Maryland on intrastate moves. In other words, moves within Maryland. And one of the big protections in that is a mover does not have a lien on your goods. In other words, when it goes on to the truck... They do not have what's known as a, a, a mover's lien. In Maryland, they do not have a lien. In other words, they don't have, they can't hold your stuff and say, you got to pay me. In Maryland, if you get to the new location and they say they're not going to unload the truck, you can call the police and they can be charged with theft. Oh, because, well, let's, let's, hold, let's yeah. hold on for a moment because this, sure. this almost seems surreal. Are you right. saying that there have been instances in Montgomery County, Maryland, where a mover has held someone's property and said they will not release the property unless the resident provides additional uh, money or change the terms or whatever. Yes. Yes, exactly. And here's another, the Maryland Household Goods Movers Act was updated in 2011. And the other protection that was built in is movers are now required, have been required for a number of years now, obviously this passed in 2011 to give, you a, a written estimate unless you actually waive in writing that you don't want an estimate but they're required to give you a written estimate for what it's going to cost to move okay and the best advice i can give everybody is do not go to google and google movers and get an estimate online okay or get an estimate via via email where they say, okay, how many bedrooms is your house? How much furniture you have? There's no way to get an accurate picture, accurate estimate that way. And that's usually when we get complaints was, you know, I got an estimate, called me an estimate and I agreed to it. And then the day of the move, they came and said, oh, you have a lot more furniture 
than we expected than in the estimate. So your 500 hour estimate is now a 1500 hour estimate because you got all this extra stuff. And that can really put a crimp in your moving day. If suddenly you say, oh, well, I, I don't want to move. Yeah, that'd be. Uh, so, what, so we always advise people to get an estimate in person. Okay. And now with COVID and stuff and all, obviously COVID could put a, you know, they may not want a stranger coming to their house to give it an estimate, but a lot of moving companies now will say, we'll do a virtual estimate. You know, we'll give us, you know, walk around with your phone and show us what's, you know, going on. Show us the items you have in your house, how much you have, you know, or they will come out with the proper protection, you know, to, you know, to, to mass and social distancing. I'm sure most of the professional good movers will, you know, do something to accommodate. But you want a physical estimate. On online estimate, there's no way it can be accurate. And that's usually when we get complaints. When people say, well, I got an, I got three estimates online and I went with the cheapest one. And it turns out that, you know, it was bogus. And it also could be a rogue mover. So it, it you know, can be a problem. Now, what's, and, what's a rogue mover? So let's, let's well, see the difference between a rogue mover and a, what you might, what you would consider a legitimate mover. Okay. A rogue mover is what we call rogue movers or known as rogue movers in the industry is they don't come out and give you a physical estimate necessarily. They do it all online or something like that. And then basically they may not be licensed. You know, movers are required to be licensed by the, the federal government, the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration. They, they should have, you know, a DOT number and all and everything um, to do. You know, in, you know, they have to they have to have it to do interstate moves, and uh, most of them have it to do intrastate moves too. They don't necessarily have to have it to do an intrastate move, but they have to do it if they're doing moves across state lines. So, but usually they aren't. Maryland doesn't have a well. Okay, Maryland doesn't have a licensing law for movers. They do. They passed a law last year. Um, unfortunately, it hasn't been. It was in. It, it hasn't been funded. So right now, we don't know when it's going to go into. It's taken effect, but they're not doing anything to enforce it, because they cut because of COVID and tax cut and budget cuts because of COVID. They cut the funding for the agency that was supposed to start doing this. So there. You know, we fought. I fought. I've been doing moving with the office probably for close to 20 years. You know, handling moving complaints and it was something we've tried to get passed for years a movers licensing law in maryland and it finally did get passed but unfortunately um, and with the support of movers we, you know we got support from the maryland movers association they supported they supported the bill and supported you know the passage of the law because you know these are the good they're the honest movers and the rogue movers the bad movers give them a bad name right and so they right. supported the, the bill Panel to get licensing, but unfortunately, um, they cut the funding for it for right now, so it's not being enforced. There's no agency to enforce it right now. But people can so, still, if they feel that they've been taken advantage of or that they're, they can still, they can file, still a file a complaint with, with the office. office yeah. And you guys, yeah, we'll, we will, we will still approach it from a consumer protection standpoint because okay. under the Maryland Household Goods Movers Act, you're entitled to a written estimate. Mm -hmm. Okay, and they must tell you whether it's binding or non-binding. OK, so binding means they give you, a, you know, Derek, I'm going to move your stuff to Tacoma Park for you for a thousand dollars. And this is a binding estimate, which means they cannot exceed it. OK, so no matter, you know, unless they run into unforeseen circumstances. In other words, they 
they get to your new apartment in a nice high rise in Wheaton and suddenly the elevator's broken. So they got to carry everything up the steps. That's an unforeseen circumstances and they can, they can abide and guesstimate in that point because that was beyond their control. But other than that, if it's binding, it's binding on both you and the mover. Okay. And you have resources uh, you have resources on your website that yes. can help yes. people so they don't have to actually yes. call you each time or refer back to this yes. podcast. Of course, we want them to refer to this podcast, of course. <laughs> yeah. But so you have so, some things on the website. Let's look at that, uh, what we have sure. here. Um, on Maryland Moves, interesting moves. I just talked about binding, non-binding estimates. A non, most movers give what's known as non-binding estimates. Exactly what it means. Okay. It's not binding on the parties. All right. But they could only exceed a binding estimate by 25 percent without your without your, you know, without your approval. In other words, you know, they can only exceed it by 25 percent without your approval. If they're going to exceed it by more, they have to get you to sign a new estimate or a new bill of lading. Now, a bill of lading, people hear bill of lading, they don't know what it is. A bill of lading is your contract. Mm -hmm. That's your contract for the move. It's called a bill of lading because you're loading stuff on a truck and it's going somewhere. That's your contract for the move. Okay. okay. So, and Maryland also has a law under business regulations that they have to give you a notice in 10, I think it's in 10 point type and all. Um, it may be on our website. Um, but uh, you know, I usually give a sample to mover moving companies when I deal with them. If they don't have it, they have to give you what's known as the Maryland insurance warning, mm -hmm. which basically means if the mover is moving your stuff into storage, in other words, you're saying, Oh, my new house is not done yet in Wheaton. So, but I got to get out of this house. So I need you to pack my stuff up and put it in your storage until the new house is ready. Okay. Well, when they do that, they have to give you what's known as the Maryland insurance warning, mm -hmm. which is a separate piece of paper that they're supposed to give you that says you should get your own insurance to protect your stuff, <laughs> you know, while it's in storage. You should get by insurance to protect your stuff. Okay. So I, I believe I have it now. Uh, the site, so let's, let's pull it up and see what we're looking at. All right. So is that correct? Oh, no, still the same. That's the federal nope, nope, There you are. How about, how about that? There we are. <laughs> All right. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Yep. Here we are. All right. So yeah. it's it's your move. That's what it says. It's your move. And the right. URL is MontgomeryCountyMD.gov forward slash OCP forward slash A underscore Z underscore moving underscore storage dot HTML. That's a mouthful, yep. but we'll list the yep. link on this post on Facebook and then also in the podcast. Gotcha. Okay. So when hiring a mover, the first tip is, is get an estimate in person. Online estimates, email estimates are, you know, are never accurate. So how can a move, you know, even if you're trying to, even if you say I listed everything that I have in my house, you know, it's better to get someone to come out or at least do a virtual where they can see your things. You know, and get a written estimate required by law for them to give you a written estimate in, in Maryland on interstate moves. You know, so and get three estimates. We recommend to everybody, you know, whether you're doing home improvements or doing a move, get get three estimates. Okay. You know, it'll tell you if they all come in about the same, it tells you they're all pretty accurate. If you get one that's way high, one that's way low and there's one in the middle, you know, the one in the middle probably is the more accurate one. But. You know, it always pays to get three estimates so you have an idea of 
you know, how accurate it is. Now, if they all come in around the same price, then you probably pretty got, you know, pretty good estimates. Okay. Now, we also wanted to talk a bit about locksmiths. So what? Okay. What is it? Well, let's let's finish up with okay. moving real quick, okay. Eric. With the uh, let's go to the the, the federal stuff real okay. quick. Okay. The, the 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 website you brought up, the FMCSA, the Protect Your Move. That has a lot of great information if you're doing an interstate move. Explains interstate moves, you know, and what the responsibilities. If you scroll down, it'll show you at all and everything. Um, and you can research your mover there. You can look. They, they actually, the, the feds don't necessarily do what we do, investigate individual complaints. But they will tell you that you can look up your mover by name and, you know, and see if they've had any complaints. And it will tell you what type of complaints they do track, like consumer protection type complaints, like, like um, you know, like exceeded the estimate or, you know, breached the contract, things like that. You can look to see whether you, if there's been any complaints against the mover you're considering, especially if you're that's for interstate moves. And the other brochure I gave you is it a, is you know okay, understanding so, value valuation and insurance. Okay, and let's let's give them that website URL very quickly, Doug. That website okay. URL is F is in Frank, M is in Mary, C is in Charlie, S is in Sam, aid dot D O T is in Tom dot G O V forward slash protect hyphen your hyphen move. So if you want to see the website that he's talking about that provides information about interstate moves, is that correct, Doug? Correct. Interstate, correct. And that's where between states. That's that's where you want to go to. Okay, Doug. So that's if you type in protectyourmove.gov, G O V, protect your just protectyourmove.gov, it'll actually take you to this site that that's also, you know, that's they link to it at all. Because um, that used to be the old the old website. Um, they've obviously updated it mm-hmm. <laughs> recently. But the other brochure I gave you actually has protectyourmove.gov on it. <laughs> I don't know, but it's understanding valuation and insurance options. Okay. Let me explain that real, you know, I'll try to do it real quick. Well, but, and I'll bring it up um, on the screen here. All right. So yeah. let's talk about it. Okay. Let, uh, let, me, let me say this. Most movers will offer you what's known as valuation coverage, okay? It's not insurance, okay? It is, it's kind of like insurance. It may have a deductible, okay? It may be similar to insurance, but it's not actual insurance. It's what's known as a tariff. And they will offer you what's known as full value protection, which basically means your mover is liable for the replacement value of any lost or damaged goods for the entire shipment. It's more comprehensive than, you know, than the limited coverage and all. And they will charge you for it. Okay. There is a cost and on it varies by mover and on there may be a deductible. And then the second thing is, is what's known as you'll see number two, it's called released value. And there's usually no charge for this, but they limit movers can limit their liability then to 60 cents a pound. Okay. So in other words, if you've got a, 10 pound stereo that's you know worth a thousand dollars but you've only done release value or you know protection um you get 60 cents a pound so they'll give you six dollars for that okay okay Okay. they are allowed to do that okay i've seen a lot of complaints from people even on intrastate moves they do the same you know valuation can be on both interstate and intrastate 
Okay. And people take always people like, well, I'll take the cheapest option. Well, cheapest option, I've seen it. It's not regulated. I've seen it as low as 30 cents a pound. So again, a hundred pound item, you might get, you know, $30 for, it might be worth, you know, $5,000, you know? So people need to understand it's not insurance, it's valuation. And it's based on the weight of an item. If you, if you only, if you take the no charge free option coverage for damage, you know, or missing items, that's, they limit their, they can, you know, legally limit their liability. And it could be anywhere between 30 to 60 cents a pound. The standard in the industry usually is about 60 cents a pound. But that means you're not going to get a whole lot if grandma's, you know, armoire gets dropped and busted and it weighed 100 pounds, you know, no oh, matter that it was a priceless antique. <laughs> oh. So your other option is third party insurance, which means some movers may say, you can buy insurance. We sell insurance. You know, and you can buy insurance with, you know, a $500 deductible and it'll cover your items up to, you know, $50,000 or whatever. You know, they may have different levels of policy like you have for car insurance. Hmm. Um, when I moved four years ago, the first thing I did was call my homeowner's insurance. And I asked them, I'm moving. Am I covered? Will you cover if things are damaged or anything like that? And my insurance said, yes, you are covered if things get damaged or broken or lost. We will cover it. Or they could say, no, we don't cover it, but we'll sell you a short-term policy. You know, we have coverage we can sell you, you know, for X amount of dollars, like, you know, $100 or $500, whatever it is. We'll sell you, a, you know, a policy for the day of the move, you know, or for however long you need it. If your stuff's going across country or something like that, they may, your insurance, your homeowner's insurance company may sell you, you know, a limited, you know, a limited type um, policy to cover your items. Is that something you know, that just you, like you're buying car insurance? So is that something that you might want to add that you would recommend if someone is moving, even if it's a short move within within yes. Maryland? Yeah, yeah. Check check. Contact your homeowners insurance and ask them: Are you covered, or can I buy coverage, and what will it cost me? Okay. You know, as opposed to just accepting you know sixty cents a pound. Right. Or you can buy the valuation coverage from your moving company if they offer it. If you want to do that, that will you know again it'll cover it up to you say your items. You know, valuation means my items are worth $50,000 and they'll cover it for that. And there may be zero deductible, which may cost you more or, you know, 500, you know, 500 hour deductible. You know, it's similar to insurance, but it's not insurance. Oh, great. Great. Now, we've talked about moving and we have a wealth of resources for moves. We have websites, we have brochures. What is it? Oh, oh. Let, let's talk about a moving scam real quick. There. Oh, We've okay. Yeah. Talk, yeah. Let's talk about, about the scam. Let's talk uh, about always. the latest moving scams. Okay. And uh, we've gotten two complaints recently in the office. Unfortunately, I couldn't help the people because they were interstate moves and the movers weren't located here. And this is basically there's a different another type of there's moving brokers. And make sure when you're dealing with a moving company, find out whether they're an actual company or find out whether they're a broker, especially on interstate moves. You know, if you're moving to another state, Um, usually moving brokers aren't I don't see them a whole lot on, you know, intrastate moves within a state and within Maryland. But there's what's known as moving brokers. And these people didn't realize they were dealing with a broker. The one was dealing with a broker out of California. Um, And they were they, they called themselves a moving company and they. But they also act as a broker and brokers also have to be licensed on the federal level um, for interstate moves. And basically, um, 
what happened was they didn't realize they were dealing with a broker. And they of course, they found them online. They Googled whatever, and they came in with the lowest price, you know, for a move that was, I think the one case, the move, the quote was like somewhere around $2,000. And it ended up at the end of the day, they demanded $5,000, you know, at, you know, for the move. And, you know, so they thought they were dealing with, you know, Derek's moving company, but Derek's moving company was a broker in California. They're dealing with this place all the way in California and they contract out, they subcontract, they hire, they hired a local moving company out of um, another County and all that everything. And this company shows up at their house and they go, who are you? Oh, we're the moving company. You, you know, we're, we work for, you know, we were hired by this guy to do your move. And he's like, I didn't hire you, you know, since it's a totally different company, but then he realized it was, it was a broker mm. and, we're seeing, you know, they're see, we're seeing those issues. And so then suddenly the move went up. It, you know, took twice as long to do the move and everything like that. And now suddenly the goods are on the truck and they say, we're not releasing until you pay us, you know, $5,000. So, so they're holding, they're holding your goods hostage. basically. Yeah. They're holding your oh, goods hostage. Gosh. Also is illegal under federal law as well. That is illegal under federal law. Okay. And the, the local, uh, there's a, the federal law changed in 2005 or was it 2008? I wrote that down. Yeah, 2005. Um, that they the federal law deputized state attorney generals that they can enforce the federal moving law on some stuff. So if you do run into that problem, you can complain to your hopefully complain to your local attorney general's office, and they may be able to help you. Okay. And there is another outfit. It was set up by um, two of the larger, more reputable moving companies, state, nation, um, nationwide moving companies. And I can't remember if it was Mayflower or somebody else. I can't remember the names, but it's, it's called moverescue.org, O-R-G, moverescue.org. They, they try to help people if they get into a situation on interstate moves that it turns into a problem, you know, because the problem for us is on interstate moves, Maryland law doesn't apply. It's federal law. So we really don't have a lot of jurisdiction to try to, you know, help people. So, and especially when the company they're dealing with is in California, <laughs> you know, we really don't have, you know, even though the move started here in Montgomery County and I think it ended some in another, it ended in Delaware, you know, the, the complaint we got, we really couldn't help the people because the company was in California. We really had no way to reach them to take any kind of action. Whoa. So, whoa. So always verify who you're dealing with. Right. You know, this this might be a good segue, I guess, to talk about locksmiths then and some of the things yeah, that people exactly. have been dealing with with locksmiths. And locksmiths, when, you, when you're locked out of your house, you're you're in a state of panic, uh, you're locked out of your car, you're in these extreme situations that may be challenging for you. And what's what's happening to these residents that are a cause for concern and, and how can you help? And then what's the best way to go about hiring a locksmith, Doug? Okay. Well, the, the issues we've seen are lack of licensing. Maryland requires locksmiths to be licensed. Mm. Okay. So we've seen a lack of licensing, not being able to really identify the company you're dealing with who's performed the locksmith services, you know, because you Googled and it, you know, it, it, the problem is, you Google, you do or do up some other kind of online search and you search locksmith Rockville, you'll get a whole list and lots of 800 numbers and stuff. And even be, you know, they're just creating these pages to grab 
people looking for locksmiths and all they're creating these websites or you know, web pages to grab you know when you search for a lot you know locksmith in rockville or locksmith in baltimore at, you know and and they just give you a, a whole slew of information it may not be a local company and i i was talking to you know our, our administrator tracy about before doing this with you about and they said yeah we've got one right now where we can't even identify where the company is where they're out of or anything like that you yeah. know so and they're not responding to us at all you know all, all the person has is a phone number and you know so and they're required to give you you know they're not they're, the, the other issue we're seeing they don't give you know they give you a low ball price oh we'll come out and unlock your house for 39.95 and then when they come out you know, and do it and all and everything. And you go, okay, you know, here's the third. Oh, no, it's 99. It's you know, $100 now because I had to drill something or this or that. And they they, they don't tell you. They, it's a bait and switch. They give you a low ball price and then come out and charge you much more. We've seen people say, you know, charging $300, you know, and all. Oh, I had to do more than I thought and all and everything. So, and then they try to intimidate you like, you know, pressure taxi, you know, oh, you know, we got to, we got to do this, you know, to upsell or, or overcharge on, you know, oh, we, you know, to get in your car, we got to make a special key and we got to do, I can't, you know, I, you know, so they make it or, or you've got a, you've got a fancy lock on your house. We can't get into that mm. at all. We got to do more work. So, and then demand, demanding pay in cash, you know, so, you know, refusing to take credit cards because they're afraid you're going to dispute the charges at all and everything. So they demand payment in cash. And also, so you can't dispute the charges or you can't like maybe get a receipt with an actual company name on it that you could track back if there's an issue at all. So ways to protect yourself. I sent you, um, you know, we have information on our website, obviously, um, you know, that, uh, you know, that basically helps, you know, give people tips on what to look for but the main thing to look for nowadays is are they licensed um if you want to bring up the maryland department of i think i sent you a link to the maryland department of labor's locksmith website yes sure did and here it is so um if you scroll down to that well actually no right on the on the uh home on the left hand uh, i'm facing it, it's my left hand side so but you'll see it says license search you can actually go in and um, if you click on that, Derek, you can actually go in and, you know, search for, um, you know, uh, to see whether the person you're, you know, the place you're considering, you can search by business name, you can search by a personal name, or if they actually, you know, you can search by location, or if they have, they give you a license number, you can search for the license number. And, you know, if you do get a license number, it doesn't hurt to search it because we've actually seen cases where, people use somebody else's license number, <laughs> you know, that, wow. that they, they, they will, they maybe worked for that company at some point and quit or, you know, or went out on their own or something like that, or they just go on and see a license number and they'll use it. So oh, yeah, we're licensed and they'll be using somebody else's license number. And Maryland requires them to provide you with an ID. They, they should have an ID card when they come to, to, you know, to do, to do your, uh, you know, service, um, they should have an ID card that shows the company they work for in their name at all. Right. And they should give you an itemized invoice that provides, you know, what the services that they did, the total amount. And if they're doing an automobile like block problem, it should have the VIN number for the car, which is the vehicle identification number. Um, 
you know, include your name and address and the locksmith license number, you know? So, and if you, um, if you think you're having, if you're having a problem mm-hmm. ever, and all, um, it doesn't hurt to go out and take a picture of the right. vehicle they showed up in and see if you can get a picture of the license number. Because if you do have to file a complaint with us, you happen to have their license number, we can, you know, we can search. Awesome. We can awesome. use it as part of the investigation to see who, you know, and a reputable company is going to ask you, Derek, where's your ID? You know, right. yeah, well, we need to see <laughs> your ID before we unlock your this car for you or unlock this house for well, you. Hold on, Doug. Yeah. Are you saying that if you're standing outside of so that people will actually stand outside of someone else's car and call a locksmith to get, a, a, get access to the car? You never know. Oh, my gosh. Okay. that's <laughs> Or stand outside. Uh, hey, what's your address again, Derek? I'm going down to your house. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, wow. So, so yeah, if, if I'm Derek, this is my house. So yeah. if a locksmith does come and I'm locked out of my house and I'm frustrated, if they ask me for ID, that's part of the process, right? That's not something odd or, you know, okay. Fantastic. That's good yeah, to know. They, they, they should. They shouldn't just go up to some house and say, hey, we're opening the door for you. <laughs> You know, yeah, just because yeah. you're standing and say, I don't have my, I don't have my key, right. you know. Now, if you're locked out in your bathrobe and you only have your cell phone, can I, can I call my mom or yeah. can I call my, <laughs> my grandma? Can, how do you verify or can you show you, what can you well, do? Well, at least if they open the door, they should ask you to go in and get some ID for them once yeah. they get you in, okay. in your bathroom. Fantastic. <laughs> all right. All right. Yeah. All right. So lastly, okay, we've been giving a lot of great information on moving, what to look out for from unscrupulous movers. Uh, how to find a good mover, what to look out for, movers insurance. We've talked about, of course, locksmiths that may be not above board and maybe taking advantage of people, holding your your, your car hostage, baiting and switching. Uh, of course, businesses from other states uh, doing business here. Let's talk about something that many of us have dealt with, and I'll even I'll share my, my own story. I'll share my own story about a young man that was on a date in Montgomery County at a wonderful pizza place off of Georgia Avenue. I think it was Georgia Avenue on Lay Hill. And there was an empty parking lot across the street, and the parking lot by the pizza place was full. So me being who I was, infatuated with this wonderful young lady, I, I wasn't <laughs> thinking clearly. I went and parked in an empty parking lot. I didn't care to look at the signs because the parking lot was fairly empty. Went across the street for a great date and good pizza, when I came out, my car was gone. Car was gone. It happens. <laughs> and I looked up I, to realize I know the parking lot well that you're talking mm, about. <laughs> so, so you know, so you know all about this. So, so my next step then was to wow. I got to ask you, Derek. Yeah. Did you get a refund? I did not get a refund. I paid the full wow. the full tow price. I believe it was over two hundred dollars, and it was at some seedy looking uh, parking area. Uh, not in the parking area. I guess it was like a parking yard or something. Tow yard. Storage lot. Yeah. Rockville. Yeah. And it was not it was not a pleasant experience then and it took a while to get the car back. So what should people look out for in terms of parking okay. first, I guess, to let's, ensure let's we bring, don't park in the wrong down, place. And then if know, we do get towed, what's it? Let's break down the three types of towing. Okay. In, in, you know, three types of towing in Montgomery County. Okay. Or in any county, for per se, you know, it couldn't happen to you know people. You know, I've known friends that got towed in Baltimore City. Right. <laughs> I don't know what it can happen to anybody. There's three types of tows usually. There's what's known as we deal with is consumer requested tows. That is, Derek's driving home from his date, his car breaks down, and he needs roadside assistance, and he calls, you know, 
looks up a tow company online or has he may have AAA or something like that, and they send out, you know, a tow truck to come tow. That's what's known as a consumer requested tow. You, you're being towed because you've had some kind of issue with your car. The second type of towing are what's known as police tows. Um, basically, it could be you're in a crash and your car's undrivable from the crash, and they have, and it's in the middle of 270, and they've got to get the roadway open for traffic. So the police, the police, Montgomery County police has their own tow list. They have companies that they do, you know, background checks on, you know, they make sure they're licensed air offices, license office of consumer protection. We license tow companies in Montgomery County and they check with our office to make sure they're licensed and have insurance and they're required to have certain things to tow for, to be on the police list. They have to be qualified and the police have their own regulations that they, you know, they check them for and they make sure they inspect their trucks to make sure they're safe and all if they want to be on the police list and tow for the police and all. Um, you know, it's hard to get on there. The police have a waiting list for people to get on the list because they, they keep it limited, you know? So, and basically it's either you're, you're, you know, you've crashed your car and they've got to get the road open something like that, or unfortunately it could be incident to arrest, you know, that you were, you, you were driving, you maybe you had a few too many drinks and you got pulled over and, you know, you're, you, you unfortunately, you know, got locked up for DUI and, or DWI and your car got towed because of that. And so that, that's police tows and they take custody of it and they have their own regulations and they regulate their rates. You know, the towers that tow for the police have, you know, certain rate setting and all. I think currently it's like $152 plus storage and all. Um, they set their own rates and a lot of rating and it either goes to the, you know, like if you're towed at three o'clock in the morning, it'll go to the towers lot. Or if you're towed at another time, it'll go up to the police uh, vehicle recovery section where they, you know, they store vehicles and all underwriting the police store vehicles. Um, so that's police tows. And then finally, what you're talking about, your experience that you had are what's known as private property tows. Okay. And it's basically, we call them trespass tows, um, that you were trespassing on private property. You were parked on private property without the property owner's permission. So basically, in Montgomery County, we have Montgomery County Code Chapter 30C, which outlines the requirements to do private property towing. You know, the tow companies have to be licensed with our office and they have to file a separate registration to, in order to do private property towing. And we regulate the rates. The county sets the maximum rates for trespass towing in the county and all. Um, you can find those on our website. I, you know, off the top of my head, I know for regular cars, it's $150 for, let's say, a regular car. And that includes the first day of storage. So in other words, if you get towed today at five o'clock and you're, you pick your car up tomorrow before five o'clock, it'll be $150. And there's two ways to tow you. As you've got up on our website, they can tow by signs or they can tow by placing a notice on your vehicle. In other words, they slap some type of sticker on it. Mostly that's done in residential settings where people have like they have parking rules, they have bylaws and all. So and if you're towed from private property, you know, the signs have to state what you know, they have to have a number of signs around the property, you have to be at the entrance to the property and they have to have a number around so you can see them when you park. They have to be, you know, laid out on the property, depending on how big it is. You know, for parking lots with more than 45 spaces, they have to have, 
you know, signs to cover the every 40, at least every 45 spaces. Hmm. So you could see on the sign, it says, you know, don't park here and go across the street to the stained glass pub, you know, at all. <laughs> Usually what it says, they'll put the, the term they use is no walk-offs yeah. at all. In other words, don't walk off the property. Okay. Now I prefer don't leave the property. No, don't, I prefer it to say don't park and leave the property right. <laughs> at all. Um, but basically a lot of, we used to, you know, we get a lot of complaints on that, like for what leaving the property, usually near metros. We usually, we usually get, there's a metro that's uh, Metro Plaza down in Silver Spring. There's a shopping center next to there that, you know, we would get a lot of, t- you know, complaints out of there because people park there and walk off and go to the metro and leave well, their car there. That's very interesting. So that's something that might be happening to many commuters or maybe someone decides to catch Metro for the first time and they don't have a smart trip card or they mm-hmm. think it's okay just to park somewhere and walk over to the station. Right. What you're saying is that that's actually a violation and they can be towed. Yes. Wow. It's, well, people have to understand, you know, they think, you know, because it's a shopping center, it's public property. It is not, it is private property. And so they can have whatever restrictions they have, you know, for parking and stuff. And they can, their option, they have, you know, not every property does this, but they have the option they can tow for violations at all and everything. Like I, like one of the examples I use for people is, you know, for private property is it's private property. So they can put signs up and say no blue cars on Tuesdays. And they could tow for that as long as there's a notice posted on a sign that says no blue cars on Tuesdays. And if you park your blue car there on Tuesday, they technically could tow it. They've given you notice that they're going to tow you. <laughs> you know, the law requires the signs to state what the restrictions are on the property. In other words, no walk offs or don't park in, you know, don't park in handicapped spaces. Don't park without a permit. Um, don't, you know. Um, if you park in a fire lane, like if you pull up in a shopping center and there's fire lane signs in front of the shopping center, you pull up there and park, you can be towed immediately. You know, you're blocking uh, clearly. If you're blocking a clearly marked fire lane, you can be towed away immediately. Mm. And, you know, or you can get the two. It's actually cheaper if they tow you. It's one hundred fifty dollars. if It's a regular car. <laughs> if the police come by and, you know, before you get towed, they can write you a two hundred and fifty dollar ticket <laughs> for that. Wow. For parking there's in a fire there's no fighting that because you're breaking the law, the, yeah. the local law. And that's right? the same thing mm. as parking in a, you know, we get complaints for people being towed from handicap spaces for not having a tag or a permit at all. And I always tell people, well, you really didn't have one. It's cheaper to get towed for $150 for your car to get towed than if the police came by and gave you that $250 ticket. And the police could also have you done. They could do a police tow. They could have you towed at that point and have a police tow done. Let's talk about the the, the fees for towing. You mentioned $150 several times. Is that a set fee for the county? If you get towed in the county, is there like a standard fee? That, there's tiers. Okay. If, it should be on our website, Derek. There's tiers, like right up to passengers' cars weighing, you know, eight thousand pounds or less. We do it by. It's done by what's known as gross vehicle weight rating. Uh, you know, it's the same way the police do their their tow fees. It's pretty much like an industry standard. Um, and basically, um, it should be somewhere on our. Go up to the top, Derek. Um, there should be. Um, let's see. Is there a, a link up at the top at all? Um, yeah, there used there should be there used to be a tab that linked to 
or is there a highlighted part that links to the fees <laughs> like we could click on i'm not on our website you are <laughs> so. uh i yeah. i don't see one offhand yeah. but okay. what i'll do is what i'll try to add it but i will give say me one that second there let me okay. let me give me one second to uh right. get on our website <laughs> myself all right. all right and i can pull up the fees and i can let you know what they are now, i do see the county code is um, a link on there is and there a link to the fee structure? I uh, see signs. I do see tow, towing by notice placed on vehicle. Right. Uh, uh see tow, tow procedures. procedures. And there's notice a notice to police. In other words, they have they have to call the tows into the police before they leave the property with your car. Okay. That way, you don't call the police and report your car stolen. Okay. So they're required to call it in. That all everything, and they're required to take credit cards. Okay. They must accept cash, traveler's checks with ID. So if you're traveling, you know, whatever, somebody comes, you know, they get, you know, not a lot of people use traveler's checks anymore, but that's still in the law. <laughs> that is a thing. Okay. But, yep. And the two most widely used credit cards, which are Visa and MasterCard, and they must accept them. You know, okay. they can't say, oh, sorry, we don't accept credit cards. No, they must. The county code requires, it's a violation of the code for them to refuse to take your credit card and we can cite them. Great. You know, we can issue them a $500 fine for, okay. you know, refusing to accept a credit card. Fantastic. Uh, now, now, just for everyone's reference, when you're looking for information like this from Consumer Protection, the overall website is montgomerycountymd.gov forward slash OCP. And you can navigate through the site fairly easily and you can find out information about moving about towing about locksmiths it's all there in the website and they have something that's called the uh advice a through z is that what it's called topics a through yeah, z? a to z consumer advice yeah, a through z exactly consumer, right. consumer yeah. advice and so that's montgomerycountymd.gov forward slash ocp and i really want to thank doug for coming here today and sharing all this fantastic and wonderful information and Doug, if people have questions about towing or moving or anything of that nature, they could just can they just go to the website and contact you or um, yep. is there a phone number that you guys have that's a, a, a they can submit they can submit questions um, you know online uh, we get questions submitted by email mm -hmm. um, you know um, I, I should basically know this I think if you look at the bottom of our webpage <laughs> um, it should have you know under contact us. It should have a, you know, it's like, I think it's consumer protection at, what is our website? You know, I mean, what is our email? We do. I have consumer protection at MontgomeryCountyMD.gov. Yep, exactly. Yeah, there you go. All right. Yeah. And that's for yeah, questions or complaints? I couldn't remember if it was just OCP. So, yeah, I didn't know if it was yeah, all spelled out, but it is. So if you, if you send up, you can send questions to there or our main number, although I'm not sure it's, with COVID and all, we're a lot of us are working for home. So our main number is 240-777-3636. Okay. Um, but I'm not sure it's being answered at this time. Um, you know, so uh, you could also call 311 and tell them you have a consumer issue. And what they will do is they will forward the information to the office and we will, we will call you. We will contact you back if you give us a phone number and all and everything for us to, you know, call you back. You know, basically. Great. Um, Great. Yeah. Well, thank you, Doug. Thank you so much for all this great information. It's a wealth of information. And I believe there's something there for everyone in, within their lives. These are all life things that happen. And unfortunately, moving 
and being locked out of your car or your house are already stressful situations. So having yeah, it exacerbated exactly. by someone scamming is is terrible. So I'm glad that we have that information and that people can beware. So buyer beware, consumer beware, okay. residents beware. And if something happens, contact the Office of Consumer Protection and Doug Numbers. They are there to help you. And I will say to each and every person out there, thank you again for listening, for watching, and for supporting. And I ask you always to ask the question, what's happening, MoCo? You deserve the answers. Have a great day. And thank you again, Doug, for all oh, you're of welcome, your Derek. support. Thanks for having me on. Thank you're you. welcome. You're welcome. Thanks for listening. And please subscribe.